1: I used to drive all the way to your side on the dark road. How can I ever explain?
0: Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, a free flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 74, and our guest is Matt. Good. Matt is best known as Northcote. He's a singer and songwriter from Canada whose latest wonderful record is called Let Me Roar. Y'all, we covered so much ground in this conversation. Matt challenged my thinking and he was so open and honest. And I'm so grateful that y'all get to hear it now. To make me feel
1: All that's in between and so many nights all the highs and the lows of the road in this crooked smile So I wait a million years or more
0: drive
1: away and never come home. You cut me loose and then
0: you let Hey all before we get to our conversation with Matt, I just wanna give a huge Huge shout-out to our brand-new Patreon patron, the newest member of our Patreon community, Graydon. Thank you so much, Graydon, for your support. Uh, Y'all, go check out Graydon's music. Scalise is the name of his band. Um, They're great. They're from Minnesota. They've got a really good thing going on. Their most recent record is called From Nothing to Nothing. It was released last year. You can find it on Spotify. Um, And I've been able to connect with Graydon on, uh, on Twitter and I'm just so grateful for you being a part of the community, Graydon, the Patreon community that we have. Everybody else, I'll say more about Patreon later, but I wanted to spend just a second to say thank you so much, Graydon. I really appreciate you and I really appreciate your music. All right, everybody, it's time for our conversation with Matt Good, better known as North Co. It's all right. Time moves on. It's all
1: right. Time- So I wait a million years or more Drive away and never come home cut me loose and then you let me roar There was a time when you had my back Now I'm like the dust on the dash You cut me loose
0: So much for doing this. Hey, good to see you. It's so You're good welcome. To, it's so good to see you. I'm really excited, man. I um, I've been devouring Let Me Roar, and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm loving it. And I'm so excited to talk to you, man. It's really an honor. Thank you so much. Oh, right on. I appreciate the call. Um, so the record Let Me Roar is wonderful, like I said. And I, I read an interview that said that you struggled with writer's block leading up to the record. Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, 2017, I kind of came off the road from Hope Is Made of Steel,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, it was time to write the next record. And around that time, my wife and I were living in a Up Island on Vancouver Island in a town called Nanaimo, and I was working on a painting crew. And during that time, that was the 2016 election, mm. and the end of touring. The end of touring for me for a while. And I was struggling to find um, find myself kind of outside of music too. I was painting houses and not very good at it, (laughs) kind (laughs) of, you know. And I was spending so much time writing, and I was desperately writing. I was trying to write songs like a, you know, like a football team trying to run through the banner. You know, like I was. I was really. I really had. I was quite defensive and like trying to almost write songs like a wrestler and that was a long process for me um and you know because i was thinking I, I should write a political record i should write this type of record i should write do this i should do that and i was struggling to let anything natural um to feel anything natural
0: uh-huh. uh
2: so that was a long process for me um you know for, for today i'm thankful that i'm kind of on the other side of that it's something that i still struggle with but I'm, but it was but it was such an intense time for me i was i was like a really uptight kind of like jason right now i'm kind of putting my dukes up like a fighter yeah on this call and that's how yeah. i felt Do i
0: need to cover my face uh,
2: yeah no no <laughs> but i was a defensive yeah I, I was just i was just so defensive during that time um uh, so that that led to that was uh, it's hard to write songs for me when i
0: feel like that it's hard to write anything if you feel like that, right? Like, <laughs> it doesn't come out, uh, it comes out defensive, doesn't it? Like, you know, rather than being something that maybe you naturally wanted. So how did you, like, what What happened that helped you get through that? Like, how did you get past the defensiveness and, and into this place of creativity?
2: Well, I kind of, um, well, during during that time, I drank a lot of alcohol, Mm -hmm. I was, I withdrew from others. I spent a lot of time alone with my struggle and I just, I reached kind of an end to that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like a, there was like that fire burning in me. And then when I was exhausted, you know, and one, Mm -hmm. one morning I started sleeping in our apartment where my wife and I live now um it's a two-room apartment so there's one room is kind of an office and one room is this open room where we sleep and i was just sleeping in the office on the floor and i was really kind of not there Mm -hmm. and one morning uh we just we she kind of looked at me and i looked at her just like and i just kind of knew it was time to try anything and so that so I, i got i some professional help and i reached out to the band and i reached out to a studio and i i just started kind of reaching out instead of going in that fighter's pose mm-hmm. and for me uh that was i'm proud i had the courage to do that
1: mm-hmm. because
2: for me you know be a, um, i'm supposed to be a tough guy and have my mm-hmm. shit together and know the way and some you know at that time i did not you know lots of times i don't so so uh you know for when i think about the record i think oh well like now as we're talking today when i think about let me roar i think oh i finally uh went out and got some help in different ways with my music and and my personal life and stuff so it's just inch by inch but i i kind of even though i've been a musician for a long time it felt like another another jump
0: uh-huh so much of that resonates with me i i think i'm i'll be 40 in uh a week i guess next week uh, i turn 40 and there's something about that milestone that has kind of like um that has really amplified the the idea that i'm supposed to have my shit together right like in my own no one is projecting that onto me like no one is is really expecting anything different from me than what i've already been living right but I have been catching myself lately having to, to dismiss a lot of those ideas of like uh, kind of what you were saying, uh, having your shit together and having it all kind of figured out, so to speak, uh, whereas I just don't, you know, like, and I don't know that 20 years from now I will, <laughs> you know, like, I know what works for me and, and I know what's important to me. And if I'm doing those things, awesome. then it's great, right? Yeah just letting go of sort of whatever those expectations are and only having the expectation that I'm going to do the things that I know help me to be healthy and happy.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful, Jason. I like when, when, when you share that, I hear somebody, you said, I know, you know, I know what's important to me and I know what I like to do. I mean, and here on this music call, it's like, this is, this is me having my shit together. This is what it looks like
0: right (laughs) you know right you know no that's really well said exactly like you're looking at it right now like this is where i need to be you know (laughs) right in this moment we're creating something Mm. together right we're we're doing this Mm. thing together and even if it's just a conversation Mm. and it becomes a podcast it's still i know that i need to do that i know i need to create i know that Mm -hmm. i need to sit down and do the work um and speaking of which i i wanted to ask you about what it looks like when you're doing the work are you a get up and, and do the work every day kind of person um or does it come in spurts like what does your process look like and I'm, I'm i'm also curious about whether it has changed since you stopped drinking yeah oh
2: that's a cool question because um let me think about this during that during those times before let me roar i kept a fairly uh uh, like I kept a schedule, like almost like office hours. I would show up, write songs and stuff and keep, have a really intense time. And then it kind of depends on my uh, financial situation and needs of the family. You know, like, do I have money that I'm contributing to the family? If not, I need to go work. So that so sometimes it depends on work schedule. Mm. And, um, but I, I do, I do, I kind of have a blend. Like I keep, Oh, what was the question before I started drinking or what is this? Before? <laughs> like, like has your, so my Sorry, question Jason. is, it,
0: no, it's all good. I, I think, cause I, I have a tendency to, to pack in like 12 things in one question. Does, does, my question was like, what is your, what is your process like normally and has that your, your creative process and how has that process if at all changed since, you know, you stopped drinking.
2: The first thing that comes to mind, without being flowery, is mm. before when I would, I, I feel like I'm less of a performative person now, in my writing and personally, I'm in my writing, um, because when I was coming up songwriting, I, I think, I wanted to fit in or be excellent like my peers. Mm. And so I wrote kind of how i I acted in some ways that I thought could fit in or that I thought would be acceptable whereas now i I still I still perform but there's something there's something behind that mm. uh so I might I might make a sketch like oh that that song is fine but what am I but what am I what are what am i what is what is kind of behind that so I'm experiencing like I'm curious about the next layer of that that's kind of in my chest you know what's mm-hmm. the next layer so um, that's what I'm working on now that I think might be different from before um, because I can I can make up song I can make up um, songs all day like I can I could perform you a cool, you know, it's like um like a plumber might be able to oh that's bad, might be able to fix something. I don't really know anything about that. But I could perform I could <laughs> perform, <laughs> I, could right. perform some, I could perform my duty, my role. Right. Songwriter guy, boom, boom, boom. Um I but I think I'm I don't care so much about doing that anymore. You know, it's wow. I, I, I kinda want something more from I hope this, this feels a little bit vague. What I'm trying to say. No, Are you it able makes it, to hear what I'm saying.
0: It makes a ton of sense to me, and um, yeah, it makes a ton of sense to me. I, and I, I've never, I've been very, very curious about that concept um, that you brought up just a second ago of like comparing yourself to your peers. Um, I've been curious about that with songwriters for a long time, and most of the time when I ask that question, the answer comes back as no, it's not a competition. I don't think about it that way. So I, I really appreciate that you that you opened up about that idea of like looking at at people who are your peers, and and maybe trying to measure yourself against them. Um, how, mm-hmm. Who were those people? I, I I think I can probably predict, <laughs> but who were those people? Um, Because there are so like, there are so many great songwriters and there are so many now that we have access to, we never had this much access before, right? Now with the internet, there's just so many, I was looking at the Grammy nominations and I was like, Jesus Christ, there's so many great albums that got left out of all of this. And that's a whole nother conversation, but there've been so many great records this year just alone. Um, not to mention all of the great uh, songwriters who've put out records in the last 20 years or 15 years. Um, who were those people you were comparing yourself uh, uh, against? And and can you say a little bit more, maybe uh, about how you got past the, the the comparison thing and just started to dive deeper? Mm.
2: Well, <clears throat> in 10th grade, I saw Hot Water Music.
0: Chuck's been on the then- show.
2: Chuck oh,
0: awesome.
2: on the show. yeah, yeah. Oh man, I just I felt a big smile.
0: I fanboyed <laughs> out, man. That. I fanboyed yeah. out because <laughs> you know man. I'm in Florida, so hot water music is you oh know, yeah like I grew up on hot water music. Anyway, sorry.
2: Well, in Saskatchewan, we had hot water music too. In yeah. Saskatchewan, Canada, where I grew up. Well, uh, when when I was into I was in a heavy metal band. We were full time, and that was my passion. And then when I went solo, I I. I I saw Chuck and the spirit and energy in which he played, I aspired to. Mm. And I still, you know, he's so special to me. He's like very special person to me. And I just thought if I could just sing and play like Chuck or in that world, or if I could just get around that light somehow in, you know, uh, but you know, the the funniest thing happened is... It happened for me. I opened for Chuck. I got wow. to sing with him. I wow. went on tour with him. And then at the end of it, I was still like, just me. Mm. <laughs> so, so it was a, um, so the, you know, having that mentor was, uh, it's like he showed me the light. Mm. And then now that that happened, It's up to me now, you know. Mm. So that's. It's not. I'm not really talking about comparing or competition. I'm talking about the. I I feel the light from the other songwriters, Mm. and then, it's almost like they pat me on the back and say, "Now, what is important to you? What are you going to sing about? What's important to you? what What does your voice sound like? You know, how do you play guitar? Those those types of things. So, uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, wow. Oh, I miss Chuck. I miss Chuck. I'd love to love to see him play again. But but on the other hand, it's like it's time to. It's always good to have different mentors, you know, you know, and and to look around for different genres and and so in that sense, I am almost thanking my mentors and saying goodbye for now because
0: i'm going on a new thing right oh that's beautiful and you're fortunate to have mentors but especially someone like that right someone that good i mean chuck's such a great songwriter and an incredible performer um and also someone who just like um I'm always amazed by people like Chuck who uh, do a million things, right? He's got like a hot sauce company and he writes, he's written a book and (laughs) like, he's a fishing guide as a professional, you know, all these things you right now are, are working in mental health work, right? And how do you balance? That's a really um, emotionally taxing thing to do, I would think. And so how do you balance the, the creative life with, The work that you're doing
2: well i find that's a really good question it's it's like a weekly um consideration for me Mm. because um and you know i'm i'm really fortunate that the organization i work for provides counseling for the employees so i take advantage of that that's great yeah so that that's i find that helpful but um i really I, i am uh in my in my music life, um, what what uh, I'm scared of my temptation to become a loner, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I like I love solitude, and um, so I, having that other thing in my life, you know, I earn a paycheck which I need,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: it kind of aligns with it lines with some values that are important to me and is challenging to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm really thankful for. Uh, the mix I have going,
1: mm.
2: but the balance, I don't really know what to say about that because it's just <laughs> like we're talking, I'm, I'm like pretending to juggle Yeah, because I don't really have an answer for balancing. It's just it really isn't juggling. The best thing with is just to, uh, uh, for me outside of work is to be to be honest with people uh, in my life about what I'm going through. You know, so uh-huh. if, if something if something is tough at work, then, then just to tell someone, because if, if I don't, it my things that I experience might come up and bite me or I might, you know, I might act, I might act out of anger in a bad way or something like that. So it's kind of like uh, making little payments, you know, I got to make little payments on, that's a horrible analogy.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's not because there, I mean, the bank account analogy works because I think, you know, or making, a garden making, right. Just, you have to, you have Planting. to do work, you have to yeah. do the work, right. And if you're not yeah, doing the work, you. if, if you, if you have any struggles with mental health and we talk about this a lot on the show, but if you, okay. you know, if you have those struggles, I'm very open on the show about, about my anxiety and, um, and, and of late a little bit more, uh, depression has, has crept in a little bit and it's something and I'm I'm super fortunate to have a great therapist so I'm able to keep those wolves at bay so to speak um pretty well I would say but it does rear its head I actually just discovered um I have this this notebook that I'm using for for my day job that um I it was just like I don't it's so strange to me that I found it I just happened to to use it for what I'm doing every day. And I got to, there's like these journal entries and, and, you know, now I do morning pages every morning um, uh, where I I just do a brain dump, but um, I don't see it right now. But on one of these pages is uh, me journaling about the first time I had a diagnosed panic attack. And it wasn't until 2012, even though I now recognize that I'd had many of them before. Right. And I, but I just didn't realize what they were. And, and I, I at some point went to a doctor in my twenties and the doctor said, I think you just have generalized anxiety and I think you need to see a therapist. But my pig head just went, Oh, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not doing that. Right. Like I still had in my head, this idea that, Oh, I, I can, I can get through this. You know, I can, I can, I'm tough enough. Right. Rather than being able to to do what you're talking about, which is, to be open with people who love you and who who need to hear that you're struggling so that you aren't alone so that you don't retreat right and and being honest mm-hmm. with yourself about that is really difficult the first time i i found like once i once i started doing that it's all work if i'm doing the work constantly then it's not mm-hmm. that difficult for me to reach out and ask for help but if I go through a, a spell where I'm not looking for help or I refuse to get help, right. That's when it becomes much more difficult for me to reach out. Yeah, totally.
2: I th- as you're, as you're sharing, I was just thinking in my mind, uh, new ways to be tough. You know,
1: <laughs> I had
2: an experience recently where there was, uh, someone that I work with that, uh, we walked by one another and I would sense, I felt uncomfortable, you know, I felt uncomfortable and I, and I didn't know what I did. And, and so I went up to the person and I said, I said, uh, you know, I feel uncomfortable. Is there anything you'd like to say to me? And for me, I felt very tough doing that. And it sounds so basic. It sounds so basic, but you know, the, the, the the my cultural training or whatever would be like you know just fuck this guy fuck this thing like Mm -hmm. um uh you know you talk talk shit behind someone's back you know but really but but i would really like to be more tough in that way right you know like i feel i feel kind of uncomfortable like is there anything you want to say and -hmm. when i said that i was like i felt like a lot of buzzing in my body i was like oh shit what am i doing but but uh uh, you know, even sharing this with you, but I mean, that felt tough to me. Does that make sense?
0: It makes a ton of sense. I I think that, you know, reach uh, having those conversations, it's so much, it's so, it is so much easier to let that go and let whatever that feeling is fester and let it become something bigger. It is easier to do that, although of course, long term, it's going to be more difficult on you because it's going to impact your relationship with that person, the working relationship. Yeah. It's going to impact you physically and mentally. But it's very difficult because, man, we don't, we we don't. Most of us, and I think this is true of us sensitive, creative folks. It's like we don't want conflict. Like I, if I, I just don't want to. I don't want to confront so often. Things that probably aren't big things at all, right? So, like, I don't know how that outcome right. was, but it probably wasn't right. a big deal, right? There probably yeah. wasn't all that much there, but we don't want to like. And this is this is a very anxiety. Uh, this is, it's very true of anxiety is that so often anxiety will will tell you something that is not even close to true, right? So you make these narrative. Anxiety creates these narratives in your head, and um, and then when you actually confront whatever that. Thing was that you thought was going to be a big deal it ends up being nothing right or or it ends up being something very manageable that if you had just confronted it then you'd be way better off and everybody would be fine
2: yeah like you can handle it exactly i can handle it
0: yeah exactly
2: yeah you know and i find this really very helpful and then also i'm aware that you know, on this, on this record is like so much of it is I'm struggling with, I'm struggling with that, with um, kind of like saying, saying the the truth because I don't know how I feel, Mm. you know, I don't exactly know how I feel. So I get to write a song. I don't know how I feel or whatever. So my, my, my poetry and writing, it comes out really clumsy. And I guess that's art, but, Mm. Uh, uh, I would like to yeah I'd like to keep growing in my art so I am more direct with how I feel
0: you know? uh, that's a that's a really nice place to be though to recognize that and then to be able to look at the next project whatever it is and come yeah. at it with that approach that's a really I feel like that's a really good place to be
2: and maybe it's okay to like for for artists or singers who are listening to be a bit more up in arms like, you know what, I don't, I've been years trying to sing, or like for me in my experience, I've been years trying to sing. I can't figure out how I'm gonna, how I feel. I can't figure out what to say, but I'm gonna just do it anyway, and it's a mess. And and it's, you know, it's there's angles to it and sharp and then really sweet and kind of, you like. like, well, Let Me Roar has a lot of different characters of, knee on there you know so uh i just it's it's i think it's i gotta be it's gotta be okay to just be a little bit you know like a here's table and here's the dinner of everything i'm that's going on for me you know so
0: oh i love that (laughs) and that that comes back to that point you made about about the 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 toughness there's a courageousness to that if if you're Mm -hmm. willing to put put that whole table full of of a meal out there um and, and to bear yourself in that way um i that that does take a lot rather than you know kind of a nod sort of to what you were saying earlier about coming up in music like getting to a place in your life where you go like this is the thing i need to say and i'm going to say it in this way like i'm just going to let this out and, the, and that, that kind of sentiment is what i hear on 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 let me roar. Is this, is this like, this is the thing I have to say, I'm going to go ahead and say this thing in the way that I need to say it. Um, and, and it resonates. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, no, but.
2: No, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to hear that. Like that the when you know, cause cause that when the record is done, I don't often go back and listen. Mm. I just kind of trust the process. Right? I trust the feeling of what we made it. Mm. So when others say oh, this is really timely for me, this really speaks to me, I, I I I like I smile and like I feel warmth because I think oh that person is what, feels like I I might be feeling a little bit how I was feeling when I made the record. Mm. It's an obvious true. statement of the year, but it's profound to me. It is profound,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, sometimes we take for granted that things are obvious when they they may not be, you know, because 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 you're feeling it so strongly, you're feeling that feeling mm-hmm. so strongly. Sometimes when we, I, I know I'm guilty of this at least, where I feel things really strongly and then I think it's obvious to somebody else, and then when I express that feeling, I get a a head tilt or someone. Kind of goes oh that's interesting and i think well oh, yeah duh we weren't all thinking that <laughs> you know but that's not yeah, all what
2: a surprise <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe if we just talked to each other <laughs> and that's how we felt a little more
2: <laughs> um, I, funny i'd,
0: I'd kind of like to get into uh the, the spirituality in the church a little bit um you um, you know grew up in the church i grew up in the baptist church southern baptist uh church specifically and. Hmm. um and I, I've really been reckoning with it a lot lately in, in sort of like how it has impacted me as an adult now. Um, and I, I, it, it's something that I, I'm constantly writing about and thinking about. Um, do you think there's any, is there a connection? And have you thought about this between um, you're growing up in the church, going to seminary, and then also some of the the mental health struggles that you've, that you've gone through. Is there are those two things related at all either in a in a positive way or a not so positive way?
2: Oh. What a good what a good one. to <laughs> sit with that one, sit with that one for a second. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you no. Know, uh sometimes these days when I think back on um learning so much about the faith and religion uh, on one hand, I feel very grateful because I have the spiritual language. So um, during the virus or as I'm working through, you know, hope, hope, hope for the future, I'm really thankful for that. You know, that the spring will come again and the the rain falls on everybody, all that type of spiritual language. I'm really thankful for. Mm. And on the other hand, I carry a, quite a bit of, anger and resentment that um like a soldier i was trained i was trained very strictly on right and wrong and good and bad and you know if if you're not falling if you're not falling in line then you should feel bad about yourself and that that is that's a lot of confusion you know like uh, I feel some when I think about myself as a 17 year old or 13, I feel sad for him because, mm. it, you know, you know, and, and I'm, um, you know, I, uh, the anger is, it's not really at anyone around me in particular. Right. So I'm still working through that, but there was like a force, there was like that force on me um, that, I feel bad for that young man who didn't, uh, who was kind of alone in there, you know. Yeah, who yeah. was alone in there with with that pressure, and so those two, the ba- the, the balance is something that I, you know, like my um, in the song Nine to Midnight," it's a it's a it's a song that I want to write for my dad. So just just kind of like a statue or whatever. If I, if I was gonna make a monument for him, this is the song, you know, or I don't know if that's right, but like a letter or a poem for him. And uh, he asked me the other day, uh, why did you say in the bridge, I swore that I would never go back home. And, and, I, and it's, I don't want to go home to that feeling. You know, I don't want to go home to that, uh, you know that aloneness in the strict religion you know? how did he so,
0: how did he respond to that how did he take that
2: uh very supportive yeah. and just patient and just very patient you know him and i we we go step by step together and oh, that's crazy. yeah so you know i'm super lucky and i had everything i wanted as a kid hockey skates anything yeah. you know like even now, I mean, like I, you couldn't find a luckier person. So I think,
0: yeah, yeah. well, I think about that a lot. <clears throat> and, and I think, you know, I, I've kind of come to a place at this moment and, and I'm open to the fact that I might be wrong about this. Um, I'm open to the fact that I might be wrong about everything, but I'm especially open to the fact, the idea that I might be wrong about what I'm about to say. And that is, I don't know. And I don't blame my parents at all. they, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm I respect their faith. They are still very devout in the, in the church, and I respect that faith. I don't like two things about it. One, I don't like the evangelical idea of pushing your faith on someone else. I don't like that concept personally. I struggle with it. And the second thing I struggle with is, and again, I don't blame my parents at all for this because I think they were doing what they thought was right but I don't know that kids should grow up in the church. If you want to, if you decide to go that direction later, and that's a decision you make as an, a, maybe an, a later teens or a, or a young adult. But I've really come to that thought recently, and I haven't really read much about it. I'm sure somebody else is, has, has said this somewhere more eloquently than I am now, but I just think so much of those formative years when you're, you're feeling that aloneness with these thoughts that are so impossible to comprehend as a kid, I would argue are almost impossible for me as an adult to comprehend, (laughs) but these questions of faith and uh, spirituality and introducing the idea of eternity into things, introducing the idea of either everlasting life or everlasting pain, like that's a breakthrough I made in therapy that like that idea I think has caused a great deal of my anxieties later Mm -hmm. um, that I'm still working through and and I'm, I'm, I'm doing better with, but but it's still a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that, that, the, I'm circling back to the idea of the, of the parent, um, having the grace to, to be able to say, okay, wait, my folks meant the best. Like they loved me. They wanted me to be in the best. I'm again, like you, I'm super lucky, right? I had everything I needed and more. And my parents were really, really, um, hands on in, in my raising. I'm super lucky. Um, but a lot of those, those questions about, um, spirituality now, the way I look at them, I think, I wonder how much how much easier I would have been able to deal with them at 17 or 18 rather than starting to, you know, being told at 12 or eight or seven. I mean, really, really young. And now that I think about it, some of the decisions that they were asking you to make about your, your, your everlasting future.
2: Right. Oh, you mean the religious, religious moments and formative acts. and are four people. They're heady
0: things, oh, you know, yeah, that a seven-year-old yeah. is expected to do. And it's like, I see. But well, well,
2: it's like, you didn't have the choice. You you wish you had d- different choices. Right. You wish you didn't have to feel pressure to do and make those big religious acts. and Because you wish you had just had more choice. Is that right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I also wonder how much I, n- now as an adult, how much I how much my brain overstates some of those things like how because as a seven-year-old your your perception of the world is so different as a even as a 12 year old your perception of the world is so different than when you become an adult so were those things did i have choices that i wasn't really aware of at the time you know I, i don't think i did i think it was we're going to church on sunday and we're going every sunday and here's the things that you do otherwise you're going to burn eternally in hell um but but i but maybe not maybe there was more free will there than I realized at the time, which is an a, you know another difficult thing to kind of deal with and I guess that's my point uh, is that I kind of wish we that it hadn't been re- introduced to me at all until I was a little bit late you yeah. know a little bit more in, in, advanced in my life
2: yeah because because you feel you you feel the world you know like you 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 felt it very yeah. real it was a
0: lot it was a lot to feel, yeah, you know what you mean yeah. Yeah, it's real it's a it's really intense, you know? Um, but that's uh, you know, and and that yeah. kind of music thankfully is such a great outlet for that. Creativity is such oh, yeah. a great outlet for for dealing with that, right? Well what when you were talking,
2: I was thinking there's that one uh, thing in the Bible. When I was a kid, I thought like a kid. I did I did mm. my kid things, and now that I'm older, I think like I'm mature now i'm older i think of older things
1: right. and
2: I was, I was thinking about that bible verse this week because they come to mind all the time for me yeah and i i felt such a relief in that It's like when i was a kid i had all the right and wrong and the, the behavioral things but now i'm older the world is huge yeah you know there's 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 beauty there's uh all kinds of cultures there's you know there's um uh there's uh, Racial, social, political movement opening us up. There's, um, all, there's all kinds of different people, different uh, uh, gender identities, ways to be. There's the, all kinds of, you know, like, the, my, I actually can, because of my maturity, understand a lot. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of nice, which is very nice.
0: Well, that's you really... It's it's kind of exciting. And then the, you made me think about when you were talking about having this, that that language to use, to apply. And, and especially during COVID and some of the challenging things that we're dealing with around the world right now, I have a colleague, a former colleague uh, just started a new new day job. And my old job, I had this really good relationship with this, with this colleague of mine. And she is a very devout Christian. And she asked for my number cause she was like, let's stay in touch. You know, and uh she started sending me bible verses every morning and it's the kind of thing that i think if it was coming from a different messenger i'd be pissed off about and i I can't fully articulate why but but i read every single one of them and there's just something about it coming from her that i just have so much respect for her and it's a, a, a fresh voice you know that i haven't had those kinds of conversations with so ha- having access to that language has been really helpful. It, it hasn't made me like pick up my Bible and start reading or to go to church or anything, but it has been really helpful to have that language to think through some of the things I'm facing every day. It's really interesting. You brought that up.
2: Yeah, that's good to notice. I think Jason, like the intention of the person, mm-hmm. you know, the intention, like the, the heart the, you know, it reminds me of a, uh, i was sitting in a circle with some folks like a talking circle uh, and the, there was one older man that just started we, we were talking about like a conversation like we're having now but the man started uh reciting uh the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he leads me by the quiet waters and in the open fields you know he did the the whole thing mm-hmm. and it, it, in the with what I was struggling with, with abusing alcohol and feeling trapped or whatever. It was that, that, that way the, the, the poem hit me. It wasn't even, it's beyond religion, you know? Mm. It's beyond mm. any buildings or any structure, you know? It's just beyond that. So there is that layer of it um, that still moves me.
0: That's yeah. great. Yeah I, yeah. I really like so that. That's like a text from
2: your, from your pal. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause yeah. I, oh yeah. I'm like you like, uh, Bible's coming in hot, coming in hot. So <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, I get ready to like duck it, you know, yeah, no yeah. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, like in the matrix so... all of a sudden. <laughs> Dodging Bible verses. <laughs> but for whatever reason <laughs> I catch these in my teeth and uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> That's so true. The intention is yeah. so important. And it, and I think you can't fake it either. You know, intention intention comes through and, and that comes to an art, right? If the if the song was meant, um, even if even if the literal meaning of the song isn't necessarily what you're 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 grasping from it, the intention behind that that uh, that music or, or that book you're reading, whatever it is, is uh is gonna come through. What, whatever that intention was, and if it was not made with intention uh, any yeah. real intention uh, a lot of times that that falls flat for me
2: yeah, how cool yeah, yeah. What, what the Will you say that that was real? Will you say more on that?
0: Yeah, I think yeah. so. And and I, I want to be careful because I don't want to talk shit about any particular type of music or any particular musician. That's not really what I do. Um, if I don't like it, I don't talk about it most of the time. Um, but even as a writer, like if I'm writing about a record, if if I don't like a record, I don't write about it. You know, I'm not I'm not a critic in that way. Um, but I think there, when when, it, when if something isn't made with an intention that that uh that has some deeper meaning um that falls flat for me a lot of times and even if that doesn't mean that i can't have fun with like um pop music or something it doesn't mean that i can't have fun with with something uh, that's straight ahead rock right that's like not not trying to say anything deep but is just trying to you know kick your ass but the intention is to kick your ass, right? And it's there, right? And so it doesn't have to necessarily be some rumination on life and death. But, it, but if the intention is there, I'm going to feel that and I'm going to be into it. Whereas when it's not there, when it's, when it's just going back to being performative, when it's just performative rather than there's some kind of intention I can sink my teeth into, I think a lot of times that falls flat for me and I just don't get excited. I just ignore, I just, I leave that, I leave that alone, whether that's a film or a book or a song. Um, and it comes, it yeah. happens in music a lot, I think.
2: Yeah, it's not, it's not, not for you at that time. Yeah, or things, it does yeah. I have to think more about that one, Jason. Would... Yeah,
0: because, me too. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because,
2: well, I, I, I'm, I'm my My concern is as a singer that like mm. that if if I start saying these artists are cool, these artists they aren't really feeling it these these artists are really feeling it, then uh i I'm just weary of my judgments, you know mm. like uh yeah, what i don't really if 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 this something a music comes along that i I think, oh I'm suspicious that that's not sincere it's probably not for me at that time Mm. i don't know i like that i'm just because because in indie the guys with guitars and beards and me and it's i've i've done this in the past we're like oh that stuff's not authentic you know Uh. this you know like this you know this genre is not authentic but it's uh it is you <laughs> know mm. like it is totally uh, you know so um that's oh, my, my own God. shit by the way that's my own shit by the way no i like that support. i like that
0: pushback it makes me think about it in a different way
2: yeah because songwriters you know just like you got to be the smartest person in the room and really feel something deep it's bullshit you just yeah. have to write you know say like just do your thing oh uh, <laughs> you know, i you like that like, a lot you know so yeah uh, was, well, was that, was that okay? was, or was I, was
0: that I think off. it's great. No, I think it's okay. great. And, and I also think it makes me think about it. It gives me a good kick in the ass because it makes me think about some of the things that I've been shying away from creatively lately. There's a lot of, I have been working on this. I've been trying to write about uh, water liars uh, roll on, it's the, it's the record I've been obsessed with all year. Um, and I've been trying to write about it and it used to be that if there's a record I'm obsessed with, I could, ju- it just pours out of me, right? The things I need to say come out and then, uh, I, I do need to do a little editing, but for the most part, honestly, when I love a record, like, like, the, like this one, it just comes out of me and mm-hmm. I've been working on this damn piece for like a month and I just keep sort of overanalyzing things and wondering if I sound smart and, you know, wondering if I'm giving Joel. it you, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's probably fine. And even if it's not, it'll resonate with some people. It'll land yeah. in some places and it won't land in other places. And that's okay. Cause I need to get it out. You know, like the, yeah. the, the record has moved me and I need to get that out and I need to get it on paper and it will land with some people. But, uh, beating myself up about whether it's like perfect or not is not doing anybody any good
2: yeah oh that's so relatable it's like because there might be something about the record that's like oh i need to say a bit more like you like it's like the, the so yeah your choice is like should i just let it out or put it out as it is or should i dig deeper is that what right. you're saying exactly <laughs> it's kind exactly of like what when saying. the it's kind of like when you leave the party, it's like, yep, see you there, see you later, see you later. Oh, <laughs> see you Friday. No, see you Tuesday. No, I'll be there. I'll be wait. You know, it's like
0: it's just kind of do you go through that with, Do you go through that with your own records? Uh, and 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 if so, like mm. how do you how do you get to a place where you go like going like, okay, it's finished. Like how did how do you know when the record is finished?
2: Um I think the time constraints helped me on this one budget uh oh but you're talking about the writing not necessarily the session right so i like
0: i like both of those conversations
2: yeah Yeah, with the writing with the writing i don't have any rules for how long things will take whatever because um i think if uh i think if i uh, this is really strange I'll just go for it. I think if I was paying the bills with my music, if I had a mortgage house payment, or if I was working, you know, if I had a staff with salary, I would be more like, okay, every two years, let's keep it going. I think. But since I have this balance of, um, a supportive partner in my own career on the side, I have that privilege of, um, You know, no one's gonna pass out if I don't sing to them in a year. (laughs) Mm. You know, like Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be so crass. It's not I I don't feel as much pressure in that way. Although I do you know, on the other hand, I do have people that I play with that I wish we had more music work. So Uh, I've kind of gone on a rabbit trail. Will you help me recenter with
0: your question? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so my question basically is just, how do you know when it's done? How How do you know when the record okay, is? Okay, thanks. Done? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that.
2: I mean, the la- the uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think you just—it's the end of the day, and you walk away from the
0: session. Well, it sounds like you don't necessarily. This is a
2: horrible answer.
0: No, I I think it's a good answer because it sounds like you don't struggle with it. It sounds like you just kind of go, "It's done." Is that accurate? Well,
2: or the other side of it is, "Let Me Roar" is out and was recorded in the spring of 2019, and this thing is still not done. (laughs) this thing is like i'm still like talking about it and (laughs) like there's still lots about it i haven't dealt with myself and
1: Mm.
0: it's
2: you know so it's like a solid thing but it's also totally air Uh, so uh uh-huh so that's the side of it too like you heard about uh uh you know leonard cohen wrote hallelujah for 15 years or whatever yeah so I, i relate to that side of it too uh So it can be either, (laughs) you
0: know? Yeah. I'm not very
2: good at like straight answers when it comes to creativity. Am I? Well, I (laughs)
0: would, I would be just, it would be a much, it would be a a less interesting conversation (laughs) if you had, if you had just had one liners, (laughs) right? I like this and I really appreciate your time and I don't want to take too much more, but we usually end on um, what you're, what are you consuming now art wise? What, Shows or you or or records or just anything that book yeah. you've read something's got you fired up right now.
2: Um, okay, well, what was the? Hmm. Well, I have some spiritual poems here, but I think I think mm. we've I've said enough about that. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: you know, I've, straight up, I've been listening to more black music. Mm. This year, this year.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: you know, because I had, I just came to grips that with a lot of black music, I didn't listen that closely.
0: Mm.
2: And, and, you mm. uh, I mean I listened generally to the hits and stuff. Um, but that's, uh, I I, I, I had to I faced that and that was positive for me.
0: So, wow, that's great. Uh,
2: that's cool. You know, just, I watched the uh, learning about Nas, the artist, to watch a documentary about that.
0: Oh, I saw, is it the uh, one, I think I saw the same one. Yeah, about the album Illmatic. Yep. Which is from the early 90s. It's what got me into hip hop. And so,
2: um, yeah, Yeah. awesome. So I'm on the right track here. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that uh, record's amazing. R&B, hip hop, um, uh, this uh, basketball show called the All the Smoke which you know which kind of marries my love of sports and and stuff like that and so and i don't know that one and then you know i listen to country music and uh but for the most part
1: uh
2: well looking um becoming more aware of more different cultures
0: yeah I love that. That's, that's maybe my favorite answer anyone's ever given to that question. Um, that's great. Man, this is, you've given me more than I could have expected. This is such a pleasure. Uh, thank you for your beautiful record. Thank you so much for tar- sharing your time and energy with us right now. Um, this has been such a pleasure. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Jason. Nice to see you, Ed. Thanks Likewise. for the visit.
0: I hopefully life returns to normal. Do you think there's a chance you'll tour at some point behind the record?
2: Yeah, I want to, you know, uh, yeah, I want to, I miss, I miss touring. I'd like to go out and sing. And, uh, in the meantime, uh, um, I plan to just, uh, I'm having a good time writing these days. So, what? uh, yeah, you know. Now that you ask, my dreams have started going for when that could happen again.
0: Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. But, yeah. um yeah. But yeah, I am either. just so star. And we're all starving for it, obviously. We don't need to beat that dead horse, mm. but like, um, I would. Lo- I just I'd love to see you play, and I'd love to get to meet you in person at some point when it's safe to do so. And I, again, I'm just really grateful for your time. Thank you.
1: Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Later, so Jason.
0: Yeah. Minute. Thanks. Like Years or more drive away and never
1: come home cutting me away.
0: Northcote, y'all. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank all of you for listening. What an incredible conversation. You can find all things Northcote at northcotemusic.com. Grab a copy of Let Me Roar. You heard a little taste of the title track during this uh, episode, and I would encourage you to listen to the rest of the record and all of his other wonderful music as well. Again, thank you so much, Matt. I just really appreciate your openness and your honesty. That was such a delight. MarinadePodcast.com for all things the Marinade. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We love connecting on those channels. Every time you retweet us or share or reply, it makes such a big difference for us. Those are all free ways that you can support the show. Give us a five-star rating on your app. Go ahead and tell a friend about the show. That makes a big difference too. Subscribe on your podcast app. Those are all Really painless ways that you can help us, and um, above all, just listen, keep listening, and keep giving us feedback, everybody. It, it really helps. Tell us who you want to see on the show. Um, I'm gonna get into that in just a minute, but it makes a, a big difference, y'all. We have so many exciting guests coming up, and I'm so ex- I'm so stoked. We have the great songwriter Christina Murray, uh, and I had a wonderful discussion uh, a few weeks ago can't wait for y'all to hear that one um Jim Keller who wrote co-wrote 8675309 the legendary 80s hit uh from Tommy Two Tone and whose wonderful solo record comes out in February he's coming up i've got another guest so many great things y'all we have a, a guest that i've been wanting to have on the show forever um since the beginning of of the marinade since the inception and um I am so excited for the opportunity to sit down with this person. Um, that'll be coming up in February because we're going to sit down later this month. But but let us know who you want to see on the show. Um, I, I'm open to suggestions and we're really making a push in 2021 to do some different things. If you really like what we're doing, consider joining our Patreon community where for just a few bucks a month, you can receive our Patreon exclusive show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the the stories behind the show and uh, the, the moments that have shaped my creative life. We also release updates um, about the marinade like the one I just mentioned, uh, all kinds of different things that you can do to connect with the show over there. Uh, we, it's a really fun community. We, we, we're we like a, like friends over there. It's, it's really, really nice to be able to dive deeper about the show and talk about music and art and all the things that that we're interested in. Um, And if you can't swing that, Hey, don't worry about it, uh, of course, right? So we just appreciate you listening. I'm actually going to make an adjustment to the Patreon. So if you're at the $10 tier right now, I'm going to uh, make Jason's Journey open to the $5 tier, and I'm, I'm working on what to provide for the $10 tier. If you can still swing the $10 tier and you want to stay there, please do. But I, I want to just try to make it more accessible for everybody uh, and make sure that you're getting value from the Patreon. So if you've been holding off on joining our Patreon community, for five bucks, you can get basically all the stuff so far, okay? Um, and if you if you can still swing 10 bucks and you want to keep uh, donating at that level, we appreciate it, but I just want to make sure that it's available to everybody that wants it, and I know that that's not always the case, especially in today's world. All right, y'all, that's enough of me selling you stuff. It's time for what I'm getting down on, the segment of the show where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment the Romanovs, y'all. If you listen to this show, you know that when I watch a, a TV show or a film that I tend to get lost in it. I tend to um, only watch that thing, and uh, I struggle to do much else in the moment. I can't like scroll my phone very often if I'm watching something, unless it's just a really, really silly comedy. This is one of those shows that just came along at the right time. There's something that has happened, and I may talk about it on jason's journey on our patreon but there's something that's happened recently in my life a really positive series of things um that has allowed me to be in such a good place in in a good emotional and mental place and my anxiety that i talk about on the show quite a bit has been cut by i'm just you know i'm just kind of eyeball on this but i'd say 70 percent. i mean i I rarely deal with the same anxieties that i have my for most of my life and this is all coming the last couple of months just a series of things have happened that um have allowed me to be in such a good place and i'm really grateful to my support system i'm really grateful to um just just to have the opportunities that i have to to be able to to go to therapy and to do all the things that i need to do to, to to get right with myself um and what that has done, then, it has allowed me to really focus on on things. So either consuming art or creating projects, it has allowed for me to be very, very focused. And the Romanovs just came along at the right time for me. It's a wonderful, wonderful show. It's the same folks uh, who created Mad Men. It follows, each episode follows a character who claims to be a descendant of the Russian Romanov royal family. It's just wonderful, y'all. It's funny, and it's scary at times, and it's weird, and it's well-acted. It's just a great—I mean, they got heavyweight actors like Diane Lane in it. I mean, just just amazingly done. So good. I've been reading everything I can get my hands on. Um, You know, I've been trying to consume as much as possible— uh, both podcasts and, um, and articles about the rise of white supremacy in the United States. Um, you know, I've had some really difficult conversations with family members who are Trump supporters lately. Um, you know, I've really been wrestling with uh, for years now, obviously what to do about, about that terrible phenomenon that, that is, um, Trump and his supporters and and what has brought it on and how, how you deal with that. I mean, there, there's so many factors, between the evangelical church and between the uh, misinformation from the Fox from Fox News and OAN, and now just like crazy blogs all over the place, and of course all of that culminating with an attempted coup, and just trying to figure out like how how I navigate that. What is my role as an average citizen who has lots and lots of family members and people that. He grew up with who are Trumpers, and I'm sure most of you can relate in some way. So I've been listening to Throughline, the podcast, NPR podcast. They have a lot of really great stories about some of the history of conspiracy theories. There's a great episode on that. There's a great episode on um, the rise of white supremacy. In the United States Um, there's a bunch of bunch of great episodes on that um, on that show you know I had mentioned it before a while back because I listened to an episode about the power of the presidency which is like one of my pet issues that I just think it's crazy how much power we as a society have allowed the president to continue to gain I don't mean this president I mean any president to continue to gain uh, even though the Constitution really severely limits presidential power and so that's a really great listen as well. But Throughline has been um, a wonderful place to go. And then I've just been devouring all the articles that I can about um, about w- like what has led to this place in American history and sort of like what is my role, you know, as an average citizen within my family, within my community to try to combat white supremacy and an anti-democratic uh, movement that we're seeing in this country. So that, that's kind of been my focus, but I've been reading um, Gabino Iglesias's uh, Coyote Songs. I, I don't want to say too much about that yet because I'm loving it and I want to say more about it later. I've been following him on Twitter for a long time. He always gives great encouragement for writers. So I've really been loving that, but I don't want to get too deep into it yet because I want to save it Um, for a later date as far as listening goes um, i uh, am not going to tell you what i've been listening to and the reason why is because i've been listening to you got to join the patreon if you want to know the reason why is because i've only pretty much exclusively been listening to one person's body of work and this person's body of work is ridiculous like there's just so many records to go through between his solo work and his work with his various side projects and bands um, so if you want to know what I'm getting down on music wise, join the Patreon and, uh, you can do that for as little as two bucks a month. Um, and you can get that notification for two bucks a month or for five bucks a month, you can get Jason's journey, which uh, I owe my Patreon patrons for this month, actually. So I'm going to go ahead and record that right away. Y'all Matt good North Coat, Listen to his music. Thank you all so much for your support. Thank you all for listening until next time. Go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.